Welcome to the Rich and Worthy Podcast, a badass woman's guide to getting what you truly want. This is your place where you come to listen, share, learn, and be inspired to create more for yourself. I'm your host, Melissa Alaba. Welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome to the Rich and Worthy Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Alaba, money healer, breakthrough coach, and group practice owner. Today, guys, we're going to be talking about building a team. I get this question all the time in my DMs and, of course, via email after we send out our newsletters. How do I build an amazing team? So I would say one of the things that I love is I've had an opportunity to help other business owners build out their team, as well as this being my second practice. The first one, I had 18 therapists and staff. Um, And in this one, we currently are around 10 folks that support VisionWorks counseling and coaching. So building a team really does take effort. It really does take work. And it really does take you to understand your own leadership style and understanding what your vision is for your business. So who do you want to serve? Where are you going? Who's currently on your team? And what needs to be filled? That is so, so important. Because if we get into this hiring game and we don't understand what we're hiring for or what our real mission and goal is, then we'll just randomly be out here hiring folks. So I wanted to share with you guys some tools that I use to hire the folks that we have who are amazing and really serve at a high level. So let's talk about it. One, I want to talk about this book that was truly helpful to me um, in discovering my own leadership style and thinking about the people I wanted to add to my team. It's called Team Player. So in the book Team Player, the author really gives us an example of three things that we're looking for. One, are they humble? Two, are they smart? And three, are they hungry? Anytime I've missed any one of these ingredients, I have wound up with a team member that did not work. So humble is, can they take instruction? Are they flexible? Are they willing to learn? You know, that's the type of team member that really gels not only with me as a leader, but also with their teammates and also with the clients in which we serve. Are they willing to have some curiosity about their work or do they come with a set standard of this is how I do my work and this is the only way I can do it? The second one is, are they smart? Now, you would think that this is a given, but sometimes as leaders, we look for people who are kind. We look for people who are positive, but we don't necessarily think about the smart thing. So SMART really is this idea of, are they up-leveling themselves? Can they think on their feet? Are they able to take a situation and turn it around? Or do they need help making every decision? So are they SMART? And then the third thing, are they hungry? Oh my goodness, I can't even tell you, but this hungry piece is major, especially when you have a program or a business that you're running when you're hiring contractors and even employees. If a person doesn't have this hunger 
a deep desire to want more for themselves and their lives, then literally they'll do the bare minimum. They won't put out that extra effort to ensure that the client is taken care of. They won't put out that extra effort to bring their A-game to meetings so they can share their knowledge and help other team members grow. They won't take the extra effort to get additional training so that they can grow. They come to the table blank and they leave blank. So I have had the opportunity of hiring someone like this. And again, it was like, whoa, they had the humble part. They had the smart part, but they weren't hungry and they did not contribute to the team. And at the end of the day, it wind up being a bad hire. So commitment is huge, is really important. How committed are they in the vision that you put out there and your mission? How committed are they to helping your company grow as they grow? So when I'm interviewing, these are things that I'm thinking about. Is this person a growth-orientated person? Have they taken the time to do their own personal development? Have they taken the time to put in their own self-care plan? Do they have a vision for where their life is going? Especially when I'm looking at hiring coaches and therapists, right? So these are people who are going to help other people. And then they haven't done any work themselves. Impossible. So when I'm talking to folks, I need to know that you've gone beyond getting your master's degree, getting your certification and your license. That's literally just the beginning. What else have you done to become an expert and to really niche down in your area? So those are things that I'm personally looking for. Hey, rich and worthy woman. I'm interrupting this podcast to let you know If you want to connect with me more deeply, head on over to my Facebook page, Melissa Alba, where I chat about money, having fun, and feeling good every day, all day. Second thing is, as a leader, I'm really wanting to know, how does this person fit in with my team? So often I lean back on Clifton Strengths, one of the assessments that I've been using for years to help my clients, especially my VIP clients, understand what their strengths are, uh, understand how they work in a couple relationship as well as in their business so that they can really rely on their strengths to build. Well, I use the strengths the same way when we're looking at hiring because I know I am very much the strategic person as well as a relator. And I also understand that in my business and the people that we serve, it's going to require my therapist to have great relationship skills. When someone is very smart and strategic, but lack relationship skills, they don't tend to do well with our clients who are mostly private pay clients. And so that is something that I'm assessing for as I'm doing interviews. Another thing that's been really amazing for me is having a right-hand person to help me to look at the interviewing process from another set of eyes. So we have a two-part process that we use here. 
I do the first interview and then in the first interview, I'm looking to see if this person is going to be a good fit in terms of the team, in terms of my leadership style. Like, is this a person that can follow and is this a person that can also lead when called upon leading? I'm also accessing and thinking about future growth of my company and different areas that we want to go into and offerings that we want to give, you know, to our clients. Is this someone who may have those particular skills? And again, is this someone who fits in with our team? Is this a person that's a quick learner? So if they don't have the skills, can they learn the skills, but yet already come with relationship-based skills, which I cannot teach. <laughs> I have to stop and laugh there because you either got it or you don't have it. Our last round of interviews, I just hired an amazing therapist. Our last round of interviews to get to this young lady, I probably interviewed about 20 different people. And again, I am willing to take the time and go through the process to get to the right person because a wrong hire can really switch up the direction in which your current team is flowing. And again, it can also cost you time and money because you're investing both in order to make sure that a new hire is successful. And again, like I said, some skills I really can't teach you, you need to come to the table with already. So the second part in our process is our clinical director, Latasha, does the second interview. In the second interview, she now is assessing for skills. She's also assessing for openness. Is this person willing to take direction from her? Is this person willing to share their knowledge base? Is this person ultimately going to be a good fit for where our company is going and the growth that we are anticipating and already have experienced. I know I just said a mouthful, but I have to stop here and just kind of give you guys a moment to digest that. So think about this. I'm in a city and the city is Atlanta. So hiring is going to be different depending on where you are and what um, that landscape looks like for, you know, folks who are looking for jobs and, and what they're looking for and all that sort of things. So my first practice was in the Midwest. In the Midwest, what's interesting there is there really is two sets of folks. There are employers and there are employees. And so when I set off to hire my first practice, which was years ago, 2003, had that practice for almost 10 years, it was quite easy because many people were either an employer, right, or employee, so folks who were employees came with that mindset already of working in a team, helping to build that team, and looking for a place in which they can grow clinically. Well, let's fast forward to Atlanta. So I'm in Atlanta, love it here, but Atlanta really is the home of entrepreneurs. Everybody has a side hustle. <laughs> and guess what? I'm not trying to stop anybody's side hustle or business that they're running. So one of the things, though, that makes that an interesting mix is as an employer and working to build a big business or a business that's truly successful, impacting the community and having a large impact on the therapy community as a whole. And hopefully I'll get a chance to go into that on a future uh, podcast episode. 
I really desire to have people who were committed and many of the people who interview are not committed. They are committed to getting a check. They are committed to uh, having a place that they work at to get experience so that they can start their own practice. That is big. It's just one of those things that comes along with being in the Atlanta market. And so what I've had to do is to really take my time to ensure that I am bringing on people who were too, who are twofold, who can give to their own mission, but yet while they're working here, also contribute to the mission of Vision Works Counseling and Coaching. So having that two-part process of me interviewing them and Latasha coming in and doing the second interview has really helped us to hone in on folks who are committed to the vision and committed to helping us as a practice grow as well. So I would encourage you to think about your market before you start the hiring process, as well as some of the other things that I mentioned, such as like your mission, your vision, and so forth. The last thing that I want to share, and I'm hoping you guys find a lot of value in this, is I really want you to think about yourself as a leader. Now, I'm going to take a deep breath there because we all are leaders in our own ways. But it's really important for you too to have a good idea of what your skills and your strengths are. You know, and uh, we don't like to call them your weaknesses, but I call them your lower level strengths, right? But if you are still developing yourself and you haven't gotten rid of some of the things that may be holding you back or have once held you back, you can find that in this area of hiring, those issues will arise again. So for example, if you're a people pleaser, you may hire someone out of the need to just please. This deep desire, well, I want to give them an opportunity. I want to give them a chance. If you are a caregiver, you may see that they are lacking in skills such as the smart skills. They don't have all the components that they would need to actually fulfill this job or do the duty, you know? So maybe this person is supposed to help you with marketing, but yet they don't have any examples of their work. They've shown that their past history was inconsistent Um, or, you know, a person may even told you that they got fired at last job. You asked them why and they say, I was inconsistent. You know, I didn't always show up. I didn't always do the things that I said I'd do. But your need to take care of them is you bring them on board seeking a different result. Then you become disappointed when you don't get a different result. And so that is a way in which you have to really stand in your own leadership skills and say, I need to hire up and I cannot hire from my old self. If you were ever a rescuer, so you felt like, again, you know, you meet people and you felt like your ultimate job was to save them, to save them, to to save them from being a victim. And you didn't allow this person to do their own work, right? So they come, they have those minimal skills that they need to fulfill the job. And now you say, okay, well, all they need to do is X, Y, Z. And you try to rescue them instead of putting it the onus on them that they need to do this. For example, I had one person that I worked with and she came to us and I was like, oh, she's a total go. It's interesting 
because Latasha felt like she wasn't. And this was when I was in a space of really just wanting this team to grow. So I took her aboard. She was missing some um, skills that we're talking about. I shared with her a training that she needed to go through. And I said, you do this training and then, you know, we'll be happy to to make your offer. Well, the young lady went and did the particular training and I was excited. Like, wow, she did it. She came back. But here's the thing. And I remember Latasha pointed this out to me. She came back. She still could not verbalize the training that she went through, but I was excited. I went ahead and hired her thinking I can help her with these skills as we went along. And this wound up being a bad hire. Person wound up leaving, um, you know, coming, onboarding clients, and then rapidly exiting because she found another opportunity where she took the skills that she had gained here and went to uh, company B. What was interesting about that was it allowed me to sit in my own leadership skill of what did I just do there and how can I move forward in a different way? And that made me really realize like moving forward meant I needed my second pair of eyes, but I also needed to trust my second pair of eyes. And although, and not get caught up in a situation of we just want this field. I just want this field. We're growing so rapidly. People are calling. I want to, you know, I want to serve, but also make sure that the team fit was the best fit. After that particular hire, since then, our team has just gone up and up and up because I was able to sit back and access what I did that was good and what I could have done better. So again, there are HR people that you can hire, HR person that can help you with your hiring. But I always say like when you are hiring your base level people, it's really important for you as the boss as the badass leader that you are to really step up into what it is that you desire. No one can do that for you. And this also comes into play. Like if you have a nonprofit and you have a board, cause I see this all the time, folks who have a nonprofit, their board is supposed to be there to support them, to hire them rather, but because they're scared, sometimes you're scared of your own leadership. Sometimes you're scared of your own ability to grow. You're scared of how dynamic you really are. They hire their friends. Um, and so then their friends act like friends on the board <laughs> and it doesn't take the organization to the next level. So when you're hiring, you really need to be thinking about in each person that you bring on your team, how does this person help my organization go to the next level? What contributions do they make or can they make that's going to help me build long after they're gone? Because remember, you are not the company. The company is actually becoming its own organism, its own self, its own life. The company carries a tune even when you are not there. And it's because of the people who have contributed to it along the way, and it's because of the systems and the processes that you've put in. So as a leader, one of the things that I'm often doing and I've been charged with is creating the system and process, but then bringing people along, such as Latasha that's on our team, Tara that's on our team, 
and so many others, training them up to be able to do the things that I do. Um, thinking about Jasmine, who is our amazing office coordinator, who is moving into this realm of being the program coordinator, but being able to train them up so that they can do the things that I'm currently doing in my absence. And therefore, the company continues to grow and continues to build. So that is a major difference between being a sole prioritor and a corporation. A corporation can live long after the CEO has stepped down. The foundation is put in place for someone else to step into it. So this is what I want you guys to just think about on your leadership journey. A lot of the work is thinking about who you are. A lot of the work is moving out of some of the old paradigms of how you used to show up into a more courageous self, asking for more, deciding to be more, stepping and being more committed to yourself, stepping and being more committed to your team, stepping and doing the hard work of spending time with yourself. I think so many of us, you know, when we go and get into business, we often think of the strategies like, what's the best strategy? I just want to make money. What's the best strategy? I just want to make my million. Come on. What's the best strategy? I just want to have my six-figure year. What's the best strategy? I just want to have my six-figure month. Like, who do I hire? How do I do it? But in order to get to any of these things, it is a process of you getting in touch with you. You as the leader owning you. It's you deciding to be flexible and to learn. It's you deciding to step away from fear and making one courageous act after another. You know, as I just talked about my last hire, taking 20 people to get to this amazing person that we have. Guys, around person number 17, I was like, out of these people we interviewed, who can I, <laughs> who can I mold? I literally was having this conversation with myself. And then I was like, no, Melissa, we don't do it this way. And I'm like, I know. But again, having the patience to say, I'd much rather have my best fit versus just anyone is stepping into your most courageous self. So I'm excited that you guys joined me on this episode. I hope that this has been helpful for you as you hire your first VA, as you hire different teammates, as you hire, I have folks um, that I've worked with hiring realtors, hiring accountants for their firms, hiring truckers, <laughs> the list goes on and on, hiring counselors, uh, when when uh, doctor I'm working with right now hiring counselors for his practice, it is an amazing time of growth. And when you have the right people on your team, not only does your team grow, but you get to have an amazing team vibe. So I'll end with that. I want to say it was last week. Got a chance to step into our Wednesday meeting. So Wednesday meetings are held by Latasha and who's our clinical director, but I like to come in as often as I can when I'm not doing the things that I need to do for the business at this point, which is sales and, and marketing. 
So I, I was here, I came to the meeting, and one of the things that was so amazing was to see this dynamic that was going on of all of these amazing, smart, beautiful, wonderful therapists discussing cases and literally collaborating and helping each other to be better with suggestions. And as I looked at this team, and it's often, I always share with my leaders, you want to go back and look and see some of the things that you put together. I looked at this team and I thought about where we are two years in this process, seeing eight therapists that were part of this particular meeting and how everybody vibed with each other and how the vibe was one of love, how the vibe was one of professionalism, how the vibe was one of openness. And it was all the things that I embody and all the things that Latasha embodies and each person on the call who are major contributors to the growth of our team. So I was able to relish in that joy for a few minutes before it was time to get back to to the work of building a business, right? I was able to relish in that joy because I took the time and I've been taking the time to lead and to also build up my own leadership ability at the same time. Like I'm doing my work, I'm I'm doing I'm coaching, I'm meeting with my own mastermind group. I have um, a therapist that I meet with. I'm doing the things to become a better version of me so that my business literally outlasts me and it leaves a legacy. So that's my final thought. I'm going to leave you guys with that. What are you doing to build up a better version of you? Who are you allowing to pour into your life in, in this particular season? And how is that showing up? Because guess what? Seeds that we sow literally have a visual effect. When you've been sowing good seed, you will be able to come back and look at the harvest and see the work that you have laid down. So what is your life showing you? What is it showing you? All right. This has been amazing as always. Until next time, guys, go out and own your life. Love you guys. Talk soon. Hey, my rich and worthy woman. This is Melissa Alava, your money healer and breakthrough coach. Are you ready for your one-on-one VIP experience with me? Where we release your money blocks, generational, ancestral, and conditional. We amplify your superpowers so you can show up more powerfully in your business and at your work. We also up-level and identify all of your streams of income, at least three, so you can live the life that you've always dreamed of. Go ahead and set up your consultation with me today at melissaalaba.co. Talk to you soon.